Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. A little help for first-time homebuyers. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, a quiet place in Botanica worth exploring. One of the things that I tell people when they walk through the woodlands is they need to walk very slowly so that they can observe because some of the flowers that are in this particular garden are a lot more delicate. But first, home ownership in Kansas has become increasingly expensive. Growth in home values outpaced incomes from 2012 to 2022, making it more difficult for buyers to afford a down payment. But Celia Hack tells us about one Kansas program that aims to help with that. Good boy. On the front porch of her derby home, Misty Brown pulls her fluffy gray cat onto her lap. She didn't quite know what to expect when she first walked into this house last year. After all, the listing had no photos online. And then I walked in and I was like, this is it. This is home. This is perfect. And then it had original pink tiled bathroom and that just sold me too. <laughs> she did find a few quirks, some of which were left behind by the former elderly owner. I'll tell you what, she loved her some wallpaper and some borders. <laughs> Still, the house was home. Brown bought it using the Kansas First Time Homebuyer Program, which offers assistance with down payments and closing costs. Buyers can receive an interest-free loan of up to 20% of the home sale price. The loan is forgiven if the buyer remains in the home for 10 years. I wouldn't have been able to buy this house if it wasn't for it. It would have taken forever for me to have enough money down. And being, you know, a single mom, it just, without the program, it, it literally wouldn't have happened. <laughs> the Kansas Housing Resources Corporation offers the program to cities around Kansas, except for metropolitan areas like Wichita, which typically administer their own homeownership programs. It's been providing services for about 20 years. But in recent years, the program hasn't had enough applicants. Here's Marilyn Stanley, the program's manager. When the program first opened, the funds would get used pretty much immediately. But these days, we have not actually used all of our funding. In 2022, the program only used about 70 percent of its roughly $600,000 in funding. When that happens, the dollars roll over into the next year. Stanley says there are several factors contributing to fewer applications, including the pandemic and how competitive the housing market has been in recent years. Houses seem to be going up for sale and then selling immediately, right? And this program may take just a little bit longer to close, but I think with the housing market changing, this program may get more usage. Interested buyers connect with the program by finding a lender, usually a bank, that participates in it. Sedgwick County alone has about 20. The state meets another challenge here. Potential buyers' income can't be too high that they don't qualify for the program. But Stanley says their credit has to be good enough to qualify for a mortgage on their own. Earlier this year, the state expanded eligibility for the program in hopes of allowing more people to qualify. Among other changes, the state decreased how much the homebuyer has to contribute to the down payment. That might not be enough to help all potential buyers, but Brown says it's worth it to ask whether you can qualify. 
Since moving in last February, she's already seen an impact. Her kids, she says, are thriving since they've moved closer to the school they attend. That's literally what it's there for, to help improve people's living situation and bring more stability to families. For The Range, I'm Celia Hack. To read more on this story, go to KMUW.org. Botanica has 20 acres of beautiful gardens with eye-catching flowers and greenery and interactive areas like the children's garden and the butterfly house. But there's a quieter area there that can get overlooked. And as Luann Stevens tells us on this month's Hidden Kansas, you shouldn't overlook it. Botanica has nearly 20 acres of beautifully landscaped gardens, bright showy flowers with sculpted hedges and water features mixed with wildflowers and a bit of xeriscaping. With more than 4,000 varieties of plants on site, there's always something new to discover and maybe try in your own garden. Botanica draws around 300,000 visitors a year, but there's an area that a lot of people miss. Botanica's Woodland Walk is a much more subdued experience. Natural forest blends with carefully planned trees and shrubs. It was unpaved in the beginning, and some visitors didn't realize it was there at all. Pat McKernan is the landscape supervisor at Botanica. So our original director, I kept telling him people would not leave a paved walk when they're walking the garden. And he was sure I was wrong till one day we were out here and four elderly people walked up to the end of the sidewalk, kind of looked all four directions, turned around and walked back. And that was apparently proof enough. McKernan and Janet Lida, Botanica's lead garden ambassador, were my guides as we explored the now-paved path, winding through the woods with all of its textures and multiple shades of green. One of the things that I tell people when they walk through the woodlands is they need to walk very slowly so that they can observe because some of the flowers that are in this particular garden are a lot more delicate. In fact, most plants in a woodland garden do their blooming in early spring, sometimes before the trees have begun to leaf out. There are still some surprises in mid-fall. Flowers pop up here and there, a few bright annuals, but more of those delicate varieties. So like the lily of the valley, the columbine. And Solomon's seal and the toad lily. It's a sad name for a nice plant. There are places to sit and listen, a bird garden with a bridge overlooking a shallow hollow, the Frank Smith Woodland Glade nestled into another low area, and surrounded by bushes and a wall. My original thought was within five years when you were in here, it was going to encase you with shrubs and that. So you could sit here and read a book and no one would know you were here. The tree canopy was so thick that some of the bushes didn't survive, but the deep shade has its own magic. Sitting in the glade, you eventually hear the softer sounds of nature. Wind through the upper branches, birds, and even in October, a few insects. For a while, you're away from the rush and the noise of the city. The Woodland Walk is beautiful no matter what the season, but if you visit now, the light is golden from the trees just starting to turn, and you might just have the place to yourself. For The Range, I'm Luann Stevens. Hidden Kansas explores intriguing spots across our state. You can read more about Botanica at KMUW.org. And one last thing. I had my annual physical this week, and I left feeling like a pincushion. I got a flu shot and my second shingle shot. I had planned to get a COVID booster as well, but I ran out of arms.
I'm glad I'm voicing this piece because I don't think I could lift my arms to type it. I know that the temporary discomfort is a reasonable trade-off for long-term coverage. I haven't had the flu in 20 years, but I remember how miserable I felt for days on end and don't care to repeat it. I've never had shingles, but everyone tells me it's horrible, painful, and best avoided. I had COVID-19 in December of 2021. It was a mild case, thankfully, but I'd like to keep it at arm's length this winter, which I'll try to do once I can raise my arms again. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Beth Goulet, and Luann Stevens. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.